0: Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks These guys are brave!
1: They're Hawkeyes, living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their fun. But they're still Hawkeyes! They're spreading the Hawkeye height to all of
0: Nebraska! The frost advisory is cancelled. Corn huskers? More like corn
1: supper. Are you ready for this podcast?
2: Let's go! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. Make sure you take a little bit of time, hit the like and subscribe button so you can get updates on all of our Hawkeye legend and coaching interviews. And like we said, we always want to put a smile on Jerry's face, and that gets Jerry real excited. We're the number one podcast in the whole state of Nebraska. Joining us today is the head coach of the University of Iowa volleyball team, Vicky Brown. How's it going, coach?
1: hey it, it's going
2: good um who, is that one of your sons or that no it? that's the um that's um, the hawk he uh, always says none of neither one of us are cool enough to have a kid like that my kids take <laughs> my my kids take offense to that so um that's the hawkeye hype kid he actually is featured in kinnick uh sometimes before the the football games but uh but it was a couple of years ago george kittle um was featured in a video and then um this this kid did uh they did a remake of it and it just blew up and they started playing it in kinnick and they started using it before the game so um found out doing this show that um had a connection with his dad i ended up we grew up like five minutes from each other in des moines and uh he reached out and he was like, hey, if you ever need us to make you like a cool intro video, my son would love to do it. And I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I
1: mean, you know, we, we try to make as many football games as we can, with you, know, but there's a lot of overlap there.
2: Yeah.
0: But-
1: Um, yeah, I was like,
2: oh
0: my God, I wonder if this is one of their kids. We've been asked that before. I think we're going to have to put a little disclaimer while it's playing saying not our kids. (laughs) (sighs) You'll
2: have to check out, we did, uh, we did an interview one time where, uh, two of my kids interviewed him. So it was like a kid's interview and. That got a lot of great feedback. It was pretty funny. Like the whole time they're doing the interview, they're looking over at me, like, is this okay what I'm doing right now? And I was just have fun, just have fun, have a good time with him. So it's, uh, I've
0: I've got teenagers. It'd be a video waking them up in bed. It wouldn't be a kid with that much energy. So, yeah, I
2: have a a 13 year old now, and it's just like zombie time for like the first three hours he
0: gets up every day. Like, oh man. Anyway, enough about us, coach. We're here to talk about you and the program yes all right coach we're
2: gonna start out with we really want you to walk us through our background um one thing that you know jerry and i got a little bit of beef with the big 10 network we don't get enough volleyball so I um, Last year, for the first time, I got a subscription to BTM Plus so I could watch all of your guys' games, and my daughter's a huge Iowa volleyball fan, so mm-hmm. anybody that doesn't have the BTM Plus subscription, it's totally worth it. You get to watch all the Iowa volleyball, Iowa baseball, things that the Big Ten Network needs to do a better job on um, promoting. But um, a lot of a lot of Iowa fans that we've talked to would love to know more about you, coach, about your background, where you grew up. Um, you know, we know you played uh, college volleyball at the University of Illinois. And just tell us everything we can about Coach Brown that people don't know.
1: Um, well. Oh, gosh. Okay. So it's, it's almost like how far back you go. So I was born. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no I, I mean, I I actually got I grew up first playing basketball. Um, like the WNBA was just it was like their first year in. And so, okay. uh, you know, Lisa Leslie was yeah. the, the goal. Right. And, yeah. You know, uh, being from Toledo, Ohio. Uh, women's basketball was pretty big it was actually a little bigger than um, volleyball for the youth level and um, so I was growing up thinking I was going to be a hooper for life and um, in junior high I had a great coach uh, Peterson that's like like you can't play one sport as you continue to go on level so it's either cross country or volleyball not a runner at all I <laughs> can do it that long and, and and all the marathons but just not my cup of tea (laughs) Um, and so I was like oh cool that uh, gym sport that we always play I can do that And so I started playing and just absolutely fell in love with it it's such a fun sport Um, and as I continue to go through my career I, I come across people in their 60s that are still playing on the beach somewhere so um, I think it's a, it was a fun sport. It was super competitive, a complete team sport, fell in love with it. Uh, did the whole club scene. Actually, that's kind of an interesting story. My sister and I, you know, we were, my, my parents were like, sports are great, but we're not going to break the bank to help you play. <laughs> um, and so we kind of started our own uh, little club uh, with another Uh, parent of uh, a player of ours and that's a little bit of when my first started recruiting um because we would utilize the high school season to go to uh we would play team be like talk to each other hey was she good yeah let's invite her to play with us (laughs)
2: there you
1: go uh started recruiting at a young age (laughs) for sure (laughs) and um yeah after that it it really i did both all the way through high school and Sophomore year, you know, my folks are like, look, what do you want to do? Basketball, because I was getting offers for both. And um, I knew four years of training for volleyball skill building was a little more alluring than, uh, because I was always like a little lanky kid beefing up to be able to make some efficient post moves. (laughs) (laughs) And move some people around. Like, I don't think I'm going to get that much bigger here. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so chose volleyball, um, went to University of Illinois, played under um Don Harden and uh Kevin Hamley was the assistant coach and Den Flint Alderberg, who's now the head coach at Ohio State, were my assistant coaches and um just learned a lot of, of how to be a, a, a high level competitor, how to win at a high level, and um really just what it takes as a team, they do that. And so played overseas for about three different seasons and split a season one year in Austria, Puerto Rico, two years in Spain, um, Learned the international game. It is, it is completely different, just the same way college football players go from college to NFL. It's just a whole nother level, a whole nother um, expectation to be great. And so, um, you know, like if you're not hearing your numbers, you're out of there. <laughs> so different type of p- pressure, but then you're also the entertainment. I can, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a, uh, a, a sarcastic player. <laughs> um, and uh, I can remember one time because uh, I was so focused my first year overseas, and the owners are like. We need you to do more with the celebration and things like that. I was like, excuse me.
2: <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> I <just hit> 500. <laughs> like I think they're happy about that. Right? Wow. And they're like, you need to do more entertaining things. And so like I said, I'm very sarcastic and maybe a little bit of an ego. But
2: um sounds like like what was it like WWE? Like you have to come out <laughs> with like a gimmick or something.
1: <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs>
2: Jeez. <laughs> I mean that's
1: that would make sound effects on the hitting warm-up just (laughs) yeah and so uh we score a point and i look at the um audience and i'm like are you not entertained and they're like (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) oh that is great (laughs)
2: so that was
1: me playing i was just that person um that is so cool i came across keno and some of his uh, highlight and th- how they incorporate
0: him. I was like, oh, "That's things about right."
1: <laughs> here we got a we
2: got a picture here from you, Coach, from back in the day. Here we had to <laughs> pull that out from the University of Illinois there, and so it hurts to see it in those line-eye colors. But you know, we had to I had to I like pull that North out. And
1: black and white. <laughs> that? Okay, all right.
2: Always looking at the positive side of things.
0: So, so, so on that note, Coach, how much better does black and gold feel than to wear the orange? You know oddly enough, we're gonna we, get her in trouble here. <laughs> well we're trying we, we're trying know, to get her allegiances like here
1: we play Illinois but Illinois, but um, but it, um I, I have more black and gold in my closet before coming to Iowa and so it was pretty easy to uh, go right into that uh, color pattern <laughs>
0: <laughs> well on a more on a more serious note coach you dropped uh, you said Kevin Hambly. isn't he the coach at Stanford now yes I mean, uh, so you've, you've coached with uh, coaches who have ended up at Ohio State and Stanford, and those are some pretty high-profile programs. I mean, you know, what, what were some of the things you uh, learned most from, you know, coaching along coaches like that and other coaches maybe that you have came across? What are, what are some of the big lessons you've learned as uh, you've come up through the ranks?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing I learned, because, like, being in the Big Ten, it's twofold. Like, you have to have such a competitive edge to you to be good here. I mean, I mean, you just gotta have guts at the end of the day. And so, I learned a lot through Kevin Hamley of how to drill, or use a drill to encourage guts. And so, um, and also how to really see the training as not necessarily a one size fits all for every skill, but mm-hmm. to how to develop what a lot of these players are coming in with and make it their uniqueness. So, if you're a weird, I was a Um, a little bit goofy footed (laughs) with my (laughs) approach, they didn't overtrain it. They just was like, well, this is how you can hit it better. (laughs) Um, so I learned a lot of that through drilling and, you know, with Jen Flynn, Oldenburg, sorry, she was just Flynn back in the day, but, Mm -hmm. um, just learn really how to push that competition out of each, each, uh, each athlete. And um, how to be okay with, especially as a woman, just being like, look, get it done. (laughs) I'm not going to put any flowers or rainbows around there. (laughs) Um, So it was like a good mix. And, you know, Coach Don Harden, uh, still a big mentor of um, how to bring all of these different personalities, different backgrounds, and get them on course for one goal. Um, And being okay with the fact that they're, Journey to that one goal may look slightly different than yours, but at least we're all getting there. So, a lot, a lot of lessons <laughs> uh, through <laughs> all of them, and um, yeah, a lot of lessons. Coach, and what? great, you know, like <laughs> Kevin Manley of is braying actually really well. So. <laughs>
2: well that tie, that kind of pulls me into my next line of questions was you really didn't want to become a coach uh, you were really focused on wanting to play be a professional athlete for as long as possible and you tied a lot of that toward the poor aging process that the coaches around you kind of went through you're like you guys looked really great when I got here and it's like almost like you know when someone 's the president of the United States, they come in and they look real <laughs> vibrant and young and like when Barack Obama or like george w Bush like in about. It's like straight gray bags right. under the eyes, and it's like you look like you've been put through the gauntlet. So walk <laughs> us through that decision making process and what made you eventually decide to become a volleyball coach.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I did everything other than coaching after um uh grad- I mean, I did a little bit of club, but it was more like I'll come in, sure. But um I you know, I started off with like um uh in- internships and with radio and and like with the detroit pistons and and um i just <laughs> well kevin hamley is actually the one that suggested why don't you just get into coaching and i just yeah i like you all just you came in newly married couples and I don't know what happened after four years. <laughs> no, I mean, they're still all very <laughs> You can tell it's a lot of stress. And so, and for me, if you're not gonna go into with that mindset of getting to the top, then mm. why even, that's just competitive for me, yeah. but why, why even go into it? Um, and so I knew what the top looked like and from a different stressors, but I went to the University of Toledo to try it out as a volunteer. And I mean, I absolutely love the court part of things, but majority of the day is really in the office and either spending time with prep or operations or recruiting. And, you know, lucky enough, uh, head coach Greg Smith really allowed me to get my hands into everything. Um, And so I was like, man, I really love the whole grind of it. (laughs) I'm I'm like feeding all of this. So um, it was just, the enthusiasm that still be in that sport and still love the other element of coaching as well. And so yeah, I just I I loved it all. I love knowing and getting all frustrated that the NC2A rules have changed again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, See, we so, we like we like to uh, set up our interviewees with potential endorsement deals, and so right here we could do something like, "Hey, oil of olay or a beauty care product." Look at Coach Brown; she's been a head division one coach for this so many years. No gray, no wrinkles. It's because I use this product. There you go, right there. Yeah, there you go.
0: Well, you know, what I was taken out of that, though, is so many of us, you know, fall into professions maybe we didn't think of when we were, you know, didn't look appealing. But how many of us get to be rejuvenated like Coach Brown has? I mean, the rest of us just kind of like, how did we end up here? Coach Brown's like, man, I love this. I mean, that's, I I love that enthusiasm, that rejuvenation that you've gotten from your experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But so anyway, you know, going back to that, Coach Brown, you know, that was kind of interesting. And I mean, if we can, you had, you did serve those internships. You were a communications major in college, I believe. And, uh, you know, so what was it about that that you thought, you know, when you were in that you thought this just isn't for me because I, you know, Adam, Adam, I'm a little bit known fact, but Adam was a communications major as well in college. So, and now That's here
2: incorrect. he is. So, Yeah.
0: so, uh, but anyway, what, what was it about that that you just thought, no, this isn't for me. Cause you're, yeah, it sounds uh, like you've been a real sports fan.
1: Yeah, I, the one job that I really considered was a local radio station, and they were like, we're going to wing you into this marketing position, and you'll take over, and I just, I mean, it was cool. Like, I got to meet Rick Ross and, you wow. know, hanging with Mr. Cooper. Like I, you <laughs>
0: know, you, you come That's a great community.
2: show. I love that show as a kid. Right? <laughs> yeah, it was awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm actually, he's not as tall as I thought he was going to be. But it it was really? really cool um experience and exposure. But I just like couldn't see myself like really being that I just couldn't feel the passion as much as I did. And and to me that's the driving force when it comes to longevity is if you're passionate about it. And so I was it was a cool job, it was a cool moment, but other than that I just the same way with choosing between volleyball and basketball, like I can see myself putting in that extra work and being excited about it to be the best. So, yeah, it was all about can you put in the work.
0: <laughs> so you, you've always been somebody that's goal-oriented, maybe getting a little bit off track here. But I read somewhere where you said that you like to challenge yourself every five years. And, and, and you know, and it doesn't sound like you're an adrenaline junkie, but you just like to challenge. What are some examples of that that you've along the way, maybe outside of coaching, that some of the adventures you've done?
1: Um, so I, I, I skydived before. Oh man. (laughs) Um, that, that was what it, yeah, that was about five years. Um I like hopped in a car and drove across country by myself. Yes, it was part of a move, but I could have did it differently, but I was like, I want to challenge myself to see if I could do this drive from California to Iowa. That's cool. Um I I'll do you know, I'll spend a whole weekend or a whole day sorry, a whole day in the zoo with my seven year old and six year old niece and nephew. That's some kind
0: of (laughs) (laughs) That's the greatest challenge of all.
1: Uh so, so I'll do like little random things. I think the, um, I'm still planning my next thing cause it's coming up. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll be getting married. So that's an adrenaline kind of thing. As well. Congratulations. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So congratulations. My that's my adrenaline for the next
2: year. <laughs> so we got to stop right there. Tell us about the wedding. Tell us about getting married. Um, who the lucky guy is let's hear all about this
1: yeah so uh eric werski he's um he was our former uh i former track and field throwers coach okay and okay. uh like longy all the, those are his kids and so um he is now at florida uh and so yeah the blue and orange
0: oh <laughs> man
1: but uh, i don't like
2: the way you're talking right now come on coach <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: but uh, yeah, so we are planning to uh, do it next year in July, which will uh, be nice for me because it will be the end of recruiting season for the most part, but then World Championships that it doesn't start for another two weeks, yeah. so <laughs> so we found a little window to get it done. And so, yeah, pretty excited, and um, our department is really excited. They've been trying to get us to link up for three years <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh that's awesome you you look very excited about it in all honesty so so it's good to see uh, that kind of happiness so
1: yeah through COVID
0: (laughs) yeah no kidding (laughs) but please tell me he's going to wear black and gold whenever he's around you oh yeah for sure for sure they hooked him up with enough gear that he's good for a visit there you go all right good
2: deal So, Coach, tell us about what goes into really bringing a, bringing a team together like you have, because it seems like your team does have a lot of chemistry and that the girls on the team genuinely do like each other. What kind of things do you do with the girls on and off the court to really bond everyone and bring them together?
1: Um. So we, we, we kind of do a lot. So um, we... First of all, like, first, I don't uh, assign or we don't vote in captains. It's just a different, I do a different structure for leadership. Um, We call them role groups. There's three of them. And uh, there's the Rangers, Delta Force, and SEAL team. And so (laughs) we get through the beginning of a season. um, And right before Big Tens, we all vote to where we where has that person's character their actions what what have they shown like could be the most value for the team so the rangers fall within a description of a captain um they might be more big problem things and that we kind of utilize them as um advisors of where the team is the delta force those are just the players that are like team first die hard like Okay. Um one of our Delta Force members Grace Tubbs. I mean, she's on sack. She's uh, she's from Clinton, Iowa. <laughs> like she her dad played here, uh, played basketball uh Briggs Tubbs. Uh-huh. Um, she yeah. like will come to me and be like, "Can I bring a cowbell to the game?" Like that's just <laughs> you know, that's just great. It's like diehard team per- team first. SEAL Team is more the leaders by example. Like, hey, OK, you want us to win and best way to do it? OK, I'll just give you 15 kills. I might not celebrate a lot, end, but statistically, you'll see my, my contribution. <laughs> um, and so we all vote, uh, everyone that touches our program, from strength coach um, to athletic trainers, student managers, everyone that kind of sees them throughout the day, um, contributes to that voting, and then we work within those three groups, just to balance out the um, the 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 weight of being a leader. It's a lot. Yeah. Um And will there be some years where we have that one kid that can score, that can communicate, that can motivate? Yes. But as we're developing that, let's you know kind of spread the wealth a little bit here. Um, So we do a lot of that. We also use the word ownership. So we incorporate the players um, in different ways within the program. So one month, it could be um, two players and it's a rotating um, opportunity where they're in charge of PR branding. So they create a concept for us to post on social media. Mm -hmm. Um, And then another uh, couple of players would be community outreach. And then the other players, we're rotating the accountability. So the ones that are like, get here, let's go, 10 more <clears throat> minutes, you're running late, okay. <laughs> so that can be repetitive. <laughs> um, but so we delegate a lot of the responsibility that way to fall within the term of ownership. Like if you're not the one of the six or seven that are on the court, then you feel like when we're winning, you contribute to that and really not mm-hmm. minimizing that contribution. So- that's how we make sure we do it as a team, and the team feels like they're all incorporated um but for the most part, we teach the same lesson on the court like if you're not on the starting side, you better be getting us ready like and that is gonna do more for us than you know you giving us a high five when the start of, a mm-hmm. of players come out, so finding ways to truly. Value their
0: contribution. I actually love that. Organizationally, that sounds like you've got all the pieces there. When you're talking ownership, you're talking uh, leadership. You know, all working within the framework of a team. That is just I, I, that was awesome. Thank you for sharing that because that's I I I love that. So anyway, are we? Rec-
1: am I recruiting you?
0: Yeah, we- I, you know you're you're about there. I I don't <laughs> know if I've got any eligibility uh, left or or athletic ability. Not <laughs> you know, I mean. not not if you want to win games, you're not.
2: <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I, don't. I could pay a thousand dollars to see Jerry take the court and just to see the look on the girls' faces and be like, like, there's a fifty-year-old man out here on the court with us That's right Oh man,
0: that would that would be phenomenal. I'm actually 22, but this podcasting thing's really hard. So it's kind of like coaching; it's aged us. Pretty it's aged us quite a bit.
2: Hey, and we coach, could definitely
0: want- use we could definitely use some of your organizational skills. So
2: yeah, I was taking notes the whole time. So
0: <laughs> some self-improvement. <laughs>
2: but, hey coach, so you uh have uh, spent time coaching uh a lot mostly a lot of indoor volleyball, but also a little bit of beach volleyball. Can you tell us about the differences between the two? Because we've seen a lot of schools start to pick up beach volleyball as an additional sport in their athletic department, which I think is really cool, but I got to be honest with you. I don't know a ton about it other than the, the, the old man, you know, recreational volleyball that we played outside of the sand. So obviously that's way different. So walk us through the differences between uh, both of those sports.
1: Um, well, uh, beach sand is really hard. Um, it's, it's, it's like a, balancer like yes you got to be athletic you got to be talented but learning some kind of learning some of the small tricks and trades of being an efficient beach player um can kind of balance things out for a lot of athletes but um we so we did beach i had beach at san francisco and we actually utilized beach as a way and we as a way we were had a middle and we wanted her to actually move to the outside. Okay. So we wanted her to get more comfortable with ball control with just, um, how to understand her last two steps in the approach. So we put her with beach, um, our setters, you we were like, we're never doing this again. Cause mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it, it kind of, the legal way to set in beach is completely different than indoor. So, okay. but um but those positions that just need a little more uh elevated level of being comfortable with unorthodox first, second, third contact. That's where beach really is a great okay. combination with indoor training. Um you know, when we came back from COVID um and started preseason in August, we actually did the first three days, our jumping reps were in the sand um you know with you know we're hearing stories of the players that were lifting with water jugs, and I'm like, oh God, and so um that was our one of our concerns was just jumping and landing control, so the best way to kind of work out those kinks is in a sand pit, and so it's just a good way to um to like really kind of nitpick different skills in the game um, okay. to where you have to do it because of the elements or whatever the case may be.
2: Is that the same case with most other programs that do both or is it just different from program to program?
1: It's, it's, it's the same case with a lot of programs um, especially because um, a lot of beach programs budgetary wise it's all combined and so you might have a couple of players or a couple of pairs that will train year round as maybe your top two pairs um but usually your three four fifth pair is dual or, or indoor as well okay. um, so it's a good way to kind of balance it out um but i, I know a coach of mine who coaches indoor and <laughs> and uh beach as well and it's. It's a challenge, but
0: it's it's a great tool as well. Okay, yeah. So, Coach, what I'm gaining here, too, and I'm I'm really feeling like an underachiever, because what I'm hearing is you were named head coach. You had to deal with the year of COVID. Was that your first or second year as head coach? with second the COVID? year. Oh, yeah. So you got to deal with COVID, which is, you know, we all had to deal with unforeseen, you know, unimagined kind of ideals. You got engaged. And I mean, I just... I don't know what I did last year. So I don't know. Yeah. Adam and I Adam and I are feeling but anyway, yeah. kinda kinda explore on COVID. You know, COVID was, you know, like I said, we were in unforeseen circumstances. What were some of the big takeaways you you know that you had as a program during COVID and you know that you kind of take forward and how has it changed the uh your day to day?
1: Yeah, I, I think the big the stressors for COVID was just every day you're going in with the unknown outcome. Um, like we would go one week and then the next week, the policies would change, um, which means you're changing up your day. Sorry for the background noise. (laughs) It's Um, okay.
2: (laughs) That happens a lot more than you would expect. Do you have a dog? (laughs) Do Do you have a dog? Uh,
1: yes. But that, yeah, that's it. yes.
2: Okay. <laughs> if he or she would like to join the interview, we're a dog friendly show. So we'll bring him oh, on no, in.
1: The camera would be like off and then in the ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was a lot of living in the unexpected. And, you know, talking, uh, Gary Barta made a, a really good point of just going in and get it tested when we were in season six out of the seven days a week. And it's like every day you get tested, you're literally just waiting, holding your breath to see if it's gonna come up negative <laughs> or positive. And so it, that's a, you're walking in the day, starting the day like that, and then you're going to practice. And then you're going to practice thinking, okay, who maybe got a negative and the same with the coaches like, okay, we're waiting. We're trying to make sure we have a set plan for practice, but we never know. It could be two, three players that are just out. So it was, it was a daily stress. Um, but you know, kudos to the players. Um, they, they worked hard to make sure that when we got into season, we were good. We didn't have any positive tests and that's a big credit to them. Um, of just, seeing the another side of the picture. Um, and so it was a lot of stress, but I think we learned too um, that we're going to have a different type of team because the this age group going through a pandemic, it does mature you, you and they have more time to really ask themselves, who am I?
0: <laughs> and yeah. so
1: more than they have had before. And then I think as a staff, um, it's really allowed us to personally find a different balance and it's okay. And I think that balance we're finding, um, allows us to be better coaches. Uh, cause I do believe you now, <laughs> you do have to have a moment to step away, to refresh, uh-huh. to be really efficient and on point when you see them the next day.
2: So, Coach, you had a pretty young roster last season. Uh, going into uh, this upcoming season, walk us through some of the players that, for us to watch this year and keep our eye on.
1: Yeah, so we have um, Courtney Bazario. I mean, this, this young woman has done everything except for play libero for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's uh, 6'5". She's coming in. She's set for us last year. And then also uh attacked on the right side um she's returning she was the first ten um, or sorry first team all big ten last year that hasn't been done in almost fifteen years um and she's also the uh, returning as the all region all american and so she she's just a go getter um you know. Her sister Megan Bazario, the Bazario family, has just been huge supporters, coming from California especially of Iowa and what we're doing. And um, I'm really looking forward. Like Courtney just went to, a, you can see it on her face where she understands what it takes to score at this level. And when they're in that zone, it's really exciting just to see them take their game <laughs> to a whole nother level. Um, so we're we're really excited for her um Edina schmidt are are from berlin germany um our outside hitter she'll be going into her third year uh third season i mean this i love internationals it may am a little biased because i was over there for three years but you know just from a very early age they're learned how to train the game um and so she brings such a cool element to the gym when it's like it's okay if we're in passing reps for 30 minutes we will live like we're gonna get better. <laughs> so she, she's she's gonna be really great. She played six rotations and her contribution, front row and back row, each match last year just kept growing. Um and she's just in a great position to take more of a load for us. Um we also um have our two senior middles, Hannah Clayton and Amaya Jones um they they played every year (laughs) so this will be their last year with us and uh or we'll see you know the next year of eligibility but um they i I was just speaking with them uh because this this senior class for me is really special Mm -hmm. um we they've been through a lot and not just the pandemic but just a lot of Mm -hmm. coaching changes and etc and so um I know that senior night with uh, Courtney Biserio, Maya, and Hannah, and Maddie Slago. I don't, I don't think I'll be able to get through that one, but, um, but Maddie Slago as well. She's coming in. She's been a DS back row player for us um, and just a true leader for that group. And so those are the bigger players that I think um, our fans will enjoy watching and, and definitely be contributors to us, our success.
0: Not only do we have an exciting future with some players, coach, but we also have an exciting future with some facilities. Explain to us more about what's uh, what's on the horizon here for hockey, basketball, or hockey volleyball facilities. Yeah,
1: so Extreme Arena, it is extreme. I, I think I did this to Gary that <laughs> <laughs> other
0: <coughs> um, Sorry, like I said,
1: sarcastic with a little bit of ego, but um, but yeah, we're we were in there um, during the COVID season. And it was just our parents, and I mean, it's it's so exciting. Like it does give that arena feel, but you know, as you can see, uh, that top section just being more uh, of a walkway and some of the suites, it, it automatically creates a very intimate setting.
0: Um,
1: we'll have floor seating this year. We'll have bleachers. The band will be there cheerleaders will be there. I mean, we're, we're gone ham (laughs) for the first (laughs) opener and throughout the season. Um, and you know, there, there there'll be selling alcohol. I know that's a big, like what? Okay. So that's happening. Um, so, you know, you know, you're go ahead and get what you need to get and enjoy just the whole Iowa river landing area. There's hotels, there's shopping, there's restaurants, just there's so much to do there, um, and so we're excited for our fans to make it a one-stop shop. Grab a burger, grab a ticket, grab a drink, and then let's cheer on the Hawkeyes.
2: I, I gotta ask, are you, you guys gonna put a Tiger Hawk on the court? It kind of felt yes. like something was missing when I when I saw it. I'm yeah. like, where's the Tiger Hawk?
1: Yeah. So we're that's in the process right now. It should be almost done. Uh, we're adding a few different things um, onto the court. So oh yeah, that'll be there.
2: All right. That's exciting. Like that's a cool arena. And I know there's a big buzz throughout the state about being able to go in there and watch some volleyball games. So we're very excited to go in there and see you guys kick some big 10 tail this year.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. We're looking forward to really just hearing the the roar of the crowd. Like we do have in our, uh 2019 and previous, we've always had such a supportive group of uh, the community has been so supportive, and we just can't wait to feel that love again.
0: So, Coach, as a former player and now as a coach, how strange was that to not have a, a crowd last year? I mean, it's just, I mean, what was it like for you? I mean, personally, from your experiences, and then what was it like for the team?
1: Yeah, it was weird. Uh, we, we tried to do some background noise with uh, uh, the crowd cheering and things like that, and it was interesting the first game. Like uh, we we had a, a guy that was like raising it at the <laughs> um, <laughs> but so, you know trial and error, right? But mm-hmm. it was it was very it felt like a scrimmage. I mean, we didn't switch sides. We were playing the same teams back to back. It but it was actually a good training tool of like how do you generate your own um, uh, momentum. And how do you sustain your momentum? So it was good training for us to be able to utilize that when we're on the road. Um, and so yeah, and some of those preseason, or especially those non-conference matches where they're at 12 o'clock uh, in the afternoon. <laughs> so uh, so it was good a good moment to we'll be able to reflect on.
2: Uh, Coach, with your very first season as the interim head coach, um, you didn't take over in a a typical fashion as a lot of head coaches do when they get their first head coaching opportunity. Walk us through what that was like with that head coaching position, taking that over, keeping the team together, and keeping keeping everyone focused on the goal at hand.
1: Yeah. You know, I I think the big thing that helped was what my – part of my responsibilities was the recruiting coordinator before. So uh, that big class, that high ranking class that we had coming in uh, was already had developer relationships with them. Um, And then my positioning on the team, as far as our returners at that moment, just, it was just kind of like set up for the transition, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or position for the transition. And so, you know, it was tough because I, I we went through our entire non-conference tournament schedule at, as me in the interim position, <laughs> so that was always weird. But um, or just like, okay, what's gonna happen next? Um, but I, but then at the same time, I was so focused on winning because I I'll I'll try to beat people in traffic. So um it was uh, (laughs) right before our first weekend for Big Ten Um, we were traveling to Northwestern and that Thursday that we we were planning to leave I get a call from Barbara um, our deputy ad and and she asked me to come up I'm like well this is it so Um, and so I was like, it's all over, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, so I go up and and we met in Gary, uh, Barta's office and, you know, he offered me the position and and the contract. And, um, I just was like, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm." Cause I'm a little bit like vacant when I'm a little surprised. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And Gary is just like, well, are you excited about it? I'm like. Yeah, no, I'm gonna do two
2: backflips before <laughs> after I leave here. Don't worry, I'm excited. <laughs> Walk us through your emotions during that moment because that had to be like, you know, with everything that was going on, you know, trying to keep the program together and then continually to move it forward and then to go in for that meeting. Walk us through your emotions and what you were thinking.
1: Yeah, it was it was definitely a relief, um, not just because like oh, I'm employed officially. But just for huh. a uh, because as in the interim role, like you can't completely dive into what you want to do, yeah. because it could be a transition position it, it, you just want to make sure you well, at least I saw it as keeping it neutral enough to if there is a transition, it's not going to jeopardize the players because um, they're like, oh, we got excited about this new concept that this our Vicky coach Brown was going to bring. So yeah. it was more relief that I could like really spread my wings in a way um and and move forward what I wanted to do with the program
0: yeah. so coach i'm you've got me sold I'm ready to come play i mean this <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm like pumped i this is exciting stuff i mean you you know i'm I'm here in this moment when you became coach, and I'm thinking you know she started recruiting with her sister on that club team as a kid, and i mean it's just like you were. You were born for this. I'm like, I'm excited for Hawkeye volleyball. So, yeah. and uh, I see the season starts August 28th. You guys are playing in an invitational. You're playing Duke. I have a sister that graduated from Duke, so please win that one. I really don't want to hear about sure. that. Yeah. So anyway, but I'm thrilled. The September 25th, it looks like you're in Lincoln, and I think Adam and I need some. We got to be down there, man, to support that team, and we need to get all of our Hawkeye uh, supporters over here on this side of the Missouri to come down with us. That's that's exciting stuff. I'm I'm ready for some volleyball, Adam. How about you? Oh, I, I'm pumped. I can't wait
2: to go in there and it, <laughs> I think of how good that would feel. We walk in there and, and we take it. And we win that one. It's a, cha- it's a changing of the guard in the Big Ten, baby. Hots oh. are taking over.
0: Well, tell me what seats you're in when we win it. I'll be right Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Day. Well, you know. You know, you won't miss Adam and I because we'll probably, we were in our overalls or something, you know, while we're there. So We'll
2: stick out like a
0: sore thumb. Don't uh, worry. <laughs> Coach uh, Brown, this has been a real honor. I mean, I we've really enjoyed this. It's been a lot of fun. And we really, you know, we do look forward to your season this year. So we wish you the best of luck and anything we can do to help support the volleyball team, please let us know.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you all for having me. And, and as always, go Hawks.
0: All right, absolutely, Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Thanks, thanks a lot, Coach. Thanks, Coach.